Hello, I'm here today with Chris Blakesley. He is the president of Bella Canvas. And um, as a lot of you guys know, Bella Canvas has been doing an incredible job of mass producing masks. Uh, hi, Chris. Hey, Cole, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, just sitting in a house. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so let's just start the basics. How many masks have you guys made so far? Boy, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's actually hard to, uh, to keep track as we've been in this now for probably five weeks. And, um, you know, as I think we've had out uh, in the public and in the marketplace, we've ramped up production to over 100 million units a week, and we continue to add uh, to capacity. So, uh, so a couple hundred million. Wow. And so are you running 24 hours a day or are you running just like a normal standard shift? No, we, we, uh, we've been running 24 seven. Uh, we, you know, obviously we have to, to give a day off, uh, for our employees, uh, about every two weeks. And so, you know, occasionally we'll, we'll skip uh, a weekend. We actually skipped this past weekend, but, uh, no, we've been running 24 seven now for the better part of four weeks. Wow, that's incredible. Did you actually have to add staff to do that? We did. Yeah, we've added a significant number of staff, which, you know, for, for many of us has been one of the neater parts of this whole uh, process is that, you know, during a time when a lot of people across the country were losing their jobs, you know, we've been adding more and more people and, of course, American jobs because we're doing the, the manufacturing of the masks in Los Angeles and uh, now we we have a small army. I think um, I think we're over 800 people uh, now in the operation in uh, in L.A. And, you know, obviously one of our biggest challenges is keeping everybody appropriately distanced uh, for safety and, and those kinds of things. So we have a, a lot of resources to do that. But it's a big group. Yeah, my um, my father works for CVS and their warehouse just got shut down because of uh, somebody tested positive. Have you guys had any issues yet with anyone testing positive within the company? You know, thank God we have not. Um, we, uh, but we're trying to take as many actions as we can to make sure that it doesn't happen. So we have pretty strict protocols. We, we check temperatures uh, before anyone is allowed in the operation. Uh, we have a team of six nurses uh, that, are, that are on staff uh, and basically around the clock. And, uh, and they are helping us to manage social distancing. They're helping to administrate uh, breaks for hand sanitizing and, uh, and just, you know, cleansing in general. And then we've, uh, we've added services, disinfecting services to come into the building to make sure that, you know, we're disinfecting surfaces and all those kinds of things. So we, our HR team has just done a phenomenal job of looking at all the kind of best practices and making sure that we're incorporating every one of those into the business and so far so good. That's fantastic. Um, so the masks themselves, you have the 4.2 ounce and the 7 ounce, correct? Um, I've been seeing that you've gotten some backlash online, uh, specifically from smaller print shops that maybe didn't understand what they were getting. Do you want to address the effectiveness of the mask? Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing, I think our society right now, uh, all of us have learned more about masks and face covers over the past, you know, six to eight weeks than we ever thought we, we would and probably more than we ever wanted to. 
And, um, you know, we had been involved pretty early on in, in looking at how we could help society big picture. And we had interactions with the White House Coronavirus Task Force and, uh, and with Health and Human Services. Uh, and we, we wanted to take a route where we could produce a massive number of these in a, in a short period of time. In essence, be able to produce 100 million plus per week. And uh, so we, we decided to, to go with a cut-only version uh, because of the productivity of, of that version. And to your point, we have the two different uh, fabrics that, that we use. And they really are intended to be, you know, regular disposable uh, masks or daily use masks to help contain those respiratory droplets so that when you're speaking or if you cough or sneeze, you know, just like you would if you picked your shirt up over your nose to be polite in public, you know, in, in the old days before all of this, that it would just help with containment and help to reduce the spread. And I think that that was a new concept for a lot of people, people in our industry, people in society in general, because up until that point, if you put a mask on as a private citizen, you probably were doing it for personal protection. Like if you were painting around your house or if you were sanding an old piece of furniture or something, you know, you were putting a mask on to protect yourself. And this is a little bit of a different approach. And I think when they first made their way out into the market, there was some consumer confusion. I think decorators in the industry were a little confused as to how exactly to decorate on them and what price they could charge for them. Uh, so we, you know, we definitely saw some of that feedback come through. What's, what's really cool about it, though, is I think the knowledge base has grown. The appreciation for disposable fabric masks that provide a really nice alternative to those, you know, sick masks that we that we all know, those light blue kind of paper disposable masks. People really get the alternative now, and the feedback over the past couple of weeks has just been great. That's fantastic. Yeah, the, um, we got, we haven't really had our customers have an issue with them, but I have seen um, people decorating them. Do you think that that's going to be a bit of a trend as people turning masks into like bumper stickers for your face? I, I do. Um, and I, I, I love it, by the way, uh, mostly because, you know, one of the things we also were hopeful for in the beginning of this was that if we could make several hundred million of these and sell them through our normal channel, the promotional products, you know, decorated product channel, that that would generate a massive revenue stream for our industry during a pretty dark period. And so to the extent that we could help people keep their employees employed and have a little extra money coming in, you know, that was that was really in many ways our primary mission from from the start. So I love the fact that these things are getting decorated and people are putting messages uh, on them. Uh, because I think it it really is what our industry does well. And we're all confronting this new reality of wearing face covers in public all the time. And so it almost becomes a wardrobe item. And that same sense of personality that we might have in the decisions that we make around clothes that we would wear, that's all going to come through in this new this new item that we have to be wearing. Yeah, I know that for our business, um... We last month we were down probably sixty percent, but almost all of the revenue we did make was mass sales. Um, so it's definitely been helping us through this time, just to have our staff do something. Um, sure. Are you currently 
pausing all production on your normal uh, styles, or are they still going to be in stock and ready for late summer and fall? Yeah, that's a great question. We felt really good about our inventory. Uh, we, you know, we had when we started all of this, we had about 25 million units of inventory in our own warehouse in Los Angeles. Our distributors had over 50 million units. So, you know, between all of us in the channel, 75 million units of Bella Canvas inventory in stock. So we felt really good about that position. And and in many ways, given the volume and what the demand has been, we we didn't really have much of a choice. We had to consume uh, the majority of the fabric in our supply chain that we normally would have used for t-shirts and sweatshirts to make the masks. Uh, and and we've continued to do that. And of course, uh, we we actually found that we needed more equipment, more cutting machines to be able to keep up with demand. So we were theoretically, we were, you know, we we could consume more than one hundred percent of the capacity that we had before all of this began. But we're keeping our eyes on it. We've seen a really neat improvement in trends in our normal business over the past couple of weeks, a little bit of a, a sign of light there. And uh, the minute that we feel like we have to start producing T-shirts and sweatshirts again to make sure our customers can get what they need, you know, we'll, we'll be ready to do it. Um, I know a lot of your sewing is done um I believe like what Guatemala and Honduras you have a majority of the sewing would you have to pivot to do U.S. only production because of any um, border closures or are you capable of still doing some of your sewing overseas no we're we're really capable I mean we've always taken the approach of keeping our Central American sewing spread around so we we sew in four different countries in Central America and that's helped us in the past uh, mitigate, you know, political instability and other, you know, just landscape-related risks uh, in in those areas. And we've been very fortunate. Um, out of the four countries in which we sew, Honduras was really the only that had interruption. And the, you know, Honduras had had a bit of an outbreak and and took a, I think, a very aggressive approach given just limited, uh, sophisticated healthcare there to keep things under control. So there were some disruptions there, but it was fairly minor. Uh, but uh, we don't see anything on the horizon in those countries now that would change fundamentally the way that we would make t-shirts and sweatshirts as we get back into that business. Okay, great. So people can expect, um as they reopen and as they're allowed to take, you know, more normal orders, they can expect to have basically no stock issues and styles can be sold consistently. I, I believe so. And I, I'm actually hopeful that we'll be able, you know, in certain product categories where, you know, maybe it was difficult to keep up with demand in the past because we've, you know, as a, as a brand, we've been so fortunate with customer demand and and people just loving our products that we've always chased you know as as you know as a longtime customer of ours we've we've had to chase demand for a long time which is a wonderful problem to have but there are some categories uh, like our youth program for example that we've never quite had at the level of inventory that we wanted and we're going to use this as an opportunity to uh, to have just phenomenal inventory performance when we come out of this that's cool. Um, could you maybe walk me through that first meeting or conversation where someone within the company said, hey, we should 
pivot a hundred percent to masks? I mean, was there was there like a phone call where all of a sudden that was the conversation and it kind of came out of the blue, or were you working on it for weeks and just not going public yet? No, it it happened really fast. As a matter of fact, we were having conversation about as the as it became obvious California uh, or LA at least was going to go you know into a shelter in place back at the beginning of March. You know, we were contemplating what we were going to do, how we were going to scale down operations, how we were going to, you know, manage with the buildings being closed and all those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. and literally in, in the span of probably two days, the idea came up from, from one of our team members for us to do masks. They had seen another company, and I don't even remember all the details, but another company not in our industry that had created a fabric mask, may have been a post on Instagram that they that they saw in another country. Wow. And the, the idea happened. And all of a sudden there was this idea. And you know, we were learning a lot more at that at that point. We were all starting to hear about the shortage of medical masks, which ours are not medical, but we were getting acquainted with what was going on in in the public. And so pretty quickly we realized whatever we do, we've got to be able to make an incredible number of them. And so what would we do? What design would we would we look at? And we kind of handed that task to our tech team, which is just unparalleled. I mean, an unbelievable group of people. And they came up with this cut only version of, of the mask. And I think from first conversation to concepts coming out of our tech team may have been three days. Wow. And uh, and and I think within another two days after that, we were we were live. We were cutting uh, the mask. So it, it happened amazingly fast. And, uh, I just, I couldn't be more proud of our entire organization for the way that it, it pivoted. I mean, a true demonstration of entrepreneurial spirit, which is probably my favorite thing throughout this whole process, not only for us, but watching companies like yours and others in the industry who have just shown that incredible entrepreneurial ability to find a path. It's pretty cool. And I don't know that any other industry has that quite like ours. Yeah, we do have a lot of fun energy in our industry. I like um, I, I like the kind of, there's almost like a punk rockness to a lot of <laughs> print shops. Um, is there, uh, looking into the future and getting past like the short term mask issue, uh, looking six months, maybe a year out, are you guys expecting to see a lot of companies potentially go under? Or are you expecting, you know, kind of a return to normal? Um, I know that for us specifically, live events being gone massively affected our business. Um, And so with those being closed potentially longer than a lot of other other public spaces, are you guys kind of foreseeing and assuming that you'll have less t-shirt sales down the line? Or do you think most companies will be surviving it. Well, I mean, I, I'm very hopeful, um, and I, and I really feel confident in betting on our industry and betting on our customers. I mean, I think, as I alluded to a moment ago, I mean, I think we've got some of the best survivors and just people who figure it out in, in this industry. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that people will figure it out. I know it's a tough time and I don't, want to make light of it, but I think that our industry more so than most, uh, the screen printers and, and even the promotional products distributors in the industry, many of them are going to find a path through. It'll be a tough path. 
And the way that we kind of look at it is, you know, the hopefully the world continues to improve between now and the end of the year. And that's anybody's guess exactly what that means. But uh, but provided that we don't have another flare up of this in in the fall, hopefully we're beginning to get back to some semblance of normalcy by the time we get to the to the end of this year into the early part of of next year so that you know, maybe in 12 months, we're back to to business as usual. I mean, it's it's impossible to know for sure. But that's what we're that's what we're hopeful for. And I think that our industry in the meantime, found a way to become probably the largest distribution industry of face masks and other types of associated products than than even the the, you know, the core manufacturers of those types of products in uh, in other industries, I mean, we've I see them everywhere now. I see people selling them, and hopefully that gives us just enough, you know, similar to the numbers you shared for your business, just enough to make it through until our normal business gets back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last bit of advice for small print shops um, going forward? Anything that you've been seeing working in the industry? Uh, for print shops that isn't specifically masks? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think there are a couple things. One, obviously, and I, I will I will talk about masks because I think they're such a great a great opportunity because not only can they be sold to the normal kind of consumer customers, but there's an incredible business to business need. And we're all going to learn a lot more about fabric masks. Uh, you know, even the FDA obviously is learning more as they publish more guidance around fabric masks, which they really had never done before. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's going to be a huge continued need in business to business environments in particular for, you know, these kind of single daily use, regular disposal uh, type fabric masks. And that's a consumable. And so that's great for our channel because, and there's going to be a continuous uh, demand stream there. And so uh, so that that I think will continue to be great for everybody in the industry. I also think that, you know, we're all learning a new way of working at the same time. And um, I think that premium T-shirts, the category in which Bella Canvas, you know, competes in the industry, we've for sure outperformed the rest of the industry during this entire period. And I I don't know all the reasons for that, but I think one big reason is that there are millions of people who are working from home and many of them may have have worn slightly more casual or slightly more uh, formal uh, apparel when they were going to an office. And now they're working from home where it's completely acceptable for everyone to be casual. And that, I think, has created a new revenue stream or not new, maybe just an incremental uh, amount of demand for our industry. And I've heard that, you know, the companies in the industry that sell directly to consumers, those who are, are in kind of the, the direct to consumer, uh, you know, web sales type environments are doing really well through this also, which I think has been an unintended consequence. So to the extent that people can find demand in those channels and, and leverage that with their customers, I think it'll be good for them. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I spoke with Nabil, who owns Lane 7, and um, he said that their fleece sales specifically were really heavy just because people wanted, like, comfy clothes to be around in the house. Um, I would assume Aloe Yoga probably got a lot of that kind of sales also. Yeah, Aloe's done really well through the process, too. I mean, I, I think 
elevated casual apparel is going to be in high demand uh, moving forward. And there's there's a great uh, supply of that from our industry. You know, as I said earlier, I think, you know, we're in a particularly good position to continue to service that demand. And, and it will be incremental to whatever it was before. Maybe it doesn't get us all the way back to, to prior year sales over the next few months. But I think for our customers in the industry, it should be good. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate the call. Sure, Cole, anytime. Thanks uh, so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Have a wonderful day. You too, man. Take care. Bye.